Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, happy game day, everybody. Welcome into it. This is Game Quest of AllQuest.com Game Day Podcast. I'm Eric Kane. Alongside Grant Ramey, and it's Tennessee and South Carolina coming up tonight, 7.30 Eastern Time. It's going to be on the SEC Network. Dark mode activated. What what are you more excited for, Grant? A a football game or those black jerseys? Uh, Black jerseys and a 7.30 game. uh, It's usually a lot of fun. Uh, And and the fact that it's South Carolina and the fact that Tennessee fans have been waiting how long now? Ten months for this game probably to circle back around on the calendar to try to get that taste of Columbia, South Carolina, out of their mouth. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Can't wait for a 7.30 kickoff. Yeah, Tennessee's still, at the time of this recording, a double-digit favorites. Um, line opened up at FanDuel at, I want to say, 10.5 and, and climbed to 12.5 by Monday, and it's kind of where it's set all week long. Um, I know we kind of all made comments about this as the week's gone on, but I continue to be surprised by how big that line is for Tennessee. Vegas usually knows. It's going to be, as you mentioned, it's going to be a night game. Uh, Neyland Stadium, that is going to be a factor. That's not nothing, but I'm still a little surprised at that line and how how big it is. Yeah, there was a thread, I think, last week on the general's quarters where people were basically trying to predict what the opening line would be for this game. And I was thinking closer to – I was thinking less than five, to be honest, um, just because I don't know what to think of this Tennessee football team yet. You haven't really seen four quarters put together. But the fact that it is a night game, it is at home, um, it's a team that – you know, beat you as badly as they did last year and, and took a lot of stuff away from you in that game in terms of what Tennessee had to play for after that. Maybe that factors into it. I don't know. I haven't seen a ton of South Carolina either. Maybe it's just their their lack of, I don't know, what, what where they're short in, what, what their weaknesses are in particular, but maybe they, Vegas feels like Tennessee's going to take advantage or Vegas feels like Tennessee could put four quarters together. Vegas also thought Tennessee was a touchdown favorite uh, in the swamp, so you never yeah. know. Yeah, you truly never know. And uh, – uh, again, we 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 we're a fourth of the way through the season. It's kind of hard to believe, you know, four weeks in, but you're only one game into SEC play, and you know, come Saturday, I truly feel like we're going to know, you know, a lot more about this football team because I think this defensive line's good, but it wasn't good against Florida. And so, like, what am I, like, what can I base this on? You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody thinks Joe sucks. Well, I mean, let him play a couple SEC games, and if he sucks, then okay, we can say that he sucks together. But uh, point of the matter is, I, I just think that. Um, you know, getting into SEC play and, and seeing what this team truly is about, and we're going to take a step in that uh, that right direction of learning exactly who this team is coming up tonight, Tennessee and South Carolina. Now, we all know what happened last year, okay? And and I said on Locked on Balls on Friday's show, like, you know, you're rebuilding, you're coming off a 10-win regular season, you're year three with Josh Heupel and all that type of stuff. You know, you, you might take a step back from where you were last year. I mean, that's expected. We all kind of expected that, but, you know, this is a game you got to win, okay? This is a game against a South Carolina team that's not. It's got a really good quarterback. We'll get into Spencer Rattler in a moment. But this is one of those games where, okay, you're at home. You're still a better football team. 
your double-digit favorite. You got to win this game. Um, and that's kind of how I'm viewing this, Grant. Like, yes, Tennessee's offense, the operation had been great. Offensive line's got questions. Defense can't tackle. But this is a football game that, at this point in the stage in the rebuild, you need to win this football game. Yeah, it would be a very, very, I mean, it would be the perfect opportunity for Tennessee to play four quarters of good football for this team to do that. And we haven't seen that from this team. Josh Hoppel, I think he said Wednesday on the SEC teleconference, he was asked, like, what's your what's your message to this team or, or what do you need to see in terms of the next step? He said, we need to see them play four good quarters of football because they yeah. haven't done that. They're pretty good for stretches against Virginia. Uh, Austin P was pretty craptacular start to finish. Florida was <laughs> rough. Uh, and there was some, you know, the 31 nothing starting at UTSA was a good start. And then they kind of sputtered in the third quarter. So I think they need to put four quarters of good football together. And this would be the perfect opportunity because you would pick up a big win. You would exercise that demon of, of what happened last season. And you'd kind of move forward in a positive direction toward the bye week and then towards getting ready for Texas A&M because, you know, we talked about it on the, the VolQuest podcast on, uh, I don't even know what day of the week it was where somebody said, what's the path to eight or nine wins? Well, you got to take care of business at home against everybody that's not named Georgia. Uh, and you better play pretty good on the road as well against everybody that's not named Alabama. So you have to win these football games if you want to reach whatever potential or ceiling this team has ahead of it. Yeah, and in that respect, I'm calling this a must-win game. I kind of flirted with it all week long. Um, I think Brent called it a must-win game in the Rocky Top Rewind – or. Uh, the Rocky Top Roundtable, when I was kind of flirting with it, kind of on the fence, you know, typical Eric Kane fashion. Um, but but I'm ready to say this is, and again, doesn't mean anybody's getting fired. Beamer's not getting fired. Heupel's not getting fired. But for your goal, your goal is to still win the East. I mean, I know crazy things can happen. Look at LSU in the West last year. But you lose this game, that that's out the window. You're, it's not happening. Um, you look at what's coming up on the schedule for South Carolina, already having played North Carolina, Georgia. You've got, of course, this game, Tennessee. you got Florida. You got AM, you got Kentucky, and you got Clemson. Tennessee, of course, we know has AM on the road at Alabama, Kentucky at home against Georgia, on the road against Missouri. So you do not want to go into this by bye week 0 and 2. If you're South Carolina, you don't want to go into next week 1 and 2 in conference play. I think this is a must win game for, I mean, especially for Tennessee when people are predicting nine wins like myself, and I believe you, and some people even 10 wins. This is a must win game in that respect. It's a it's a must win because you want to avoid a tailspin, and if yes. you if you don't win it, you probably move closer to a tailspin, and and that's obviously not what you want. If you do win it and you create a little bit momentum heading into the bye week, and then coming out of the bye week, to another huge home game against Texas A and M uh, before going to Alabama and, and starting some of those other stretches later on in the season. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, you're right. Nobody's getting fired. Nothing crazy's happened and Tennessee loses. But you want to see Tennessee continue to be a really good football team at Neyland Stadium and hard to beat in Knoxville. They haven't lost in Knoxville since, what, November 2021. I think they went 8-0 last year. I think they're mm -hmm. up to 10, 11 wins in a row at home, something like that. It's going to be sold out. It's a night game. You're going to have the dark mode uniforms on. It's so all that stuff. It's going to be a great environment. You have to, you have to be that team that we've seen them be at home uh, and, and pick up a very, very much needed win. I was trying to get to this clip earlier, but I got a little sidetracked. Everybody knows what happened last year. 68-38, 63-38, whatever the hell the score was. It was it was bad. Tennessee <laughs> got embarrassed. Tennessee got knocked out of playoff contention. It's what it is. Um, good on Tennessee, the, the coaching staff. Good on Tennessee's players who spoke to the media this week. Good on uh, Bill Martin, Sean Barrows, the SID department. 
they were giving no bulletin board material. They were saying they they were not saying, oh yeah, we're thinking about that last year. We're we're wanting revenge. It's just another game, right? Just another game. This is what Josh Hype wanted to say. Uh, this is Monday, actually, this week on South Carolina just being another game. Yeah, it's a new week every week. It's a new year or two. Um, uh, you know, last year uh, they were more physical than us. Um, they competed harder than we did uh, on that night. Um, you know, we didn't handle the the environment the right way. Uh, those were lessons that you know had to continue to move forward with us as a, as a program. But uh, you know, last year has nothing to do with this week. Last week has nothing to do with this week. You know, the previous play has nothing to do with the next one, man. We got to focus on our preparation and and, uh, and be ready to have a great competitive spirit for, for four quarters. Good answer. The politically correct answer. Okay. Uh, if, if Tennessee could win a game at all this year by 100 points, it's this one. Josh Heupel wants this one. Josh Heupel got embarrassed. Josh Heupel's team got knocked out of college football playoff contention. Coaches are prideful. Players are prideful. If you could win a game this year by 100 points uh, and nothing was stopping you, it wouldn't be the Alabama game, wouldn't be the Florida game, wouldn't be the Georgia game. It would be this game, right, Grant? Uh, it would be because of just how it played out. I mean, you, you remember riding to Columbia and we were watching TCU, I think. And I mean, Tennessee was a college football playoff contender. They're yep. going into that game, they were a one loss Tennessee team coming off a loss at Georgia. Uh, a team that had started eight and zero, a team that was what nine and one at that point, eight and one. I can't remember what their record was at that point. Uh, but yeah, f- how it played out, what it cost you, um, and Hooker going down with a non-contact torn ACL in the third or fourth quarter, whatever it was. After all that stuff had happened that night, that night I swear I, I woke up the next day like, did that just happen? Like, did we just really just watch that? Because it was so bizarre the way it played out and the, yeah. what Tennessee's defense looked like and what Spencer Rattler looked like. So, yeah, and, of course, that's what you say in in the podium in front of the cameras. You know, Dan Lanning said a lot of the right stuff last week before they played Oregon played Colorado, and then he got his team in the locker room and he said something different. Now, don't have cameras in there while you're saying it and get caught saying <laughs> it. But I think behind closed doors, you 100% say you have to remember what happened last season. You have to remember that feeling. You have to whatever you got to do to come out and play your best football and get this kind of win. So how does Tennessee get this win? We'll uh, hit on this here in just a second. The quarterback matchup, how does Joe Milton outduel Spencer Rattler, who is playing like an elite-level quarterback right now? All that and more coming up here on GameQuest. Eric Kane with Grant Ramey, VolQuest.com. Uh, our friends, Price Picks. You can win big at PricePicks.com today. All first-time users that deposit and use the promo code VQ are going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. If you deposit $100, Price Picks is going to give you $100. If you deposit $50, they're going to give you $50 as well. Um, how does it work? Well, you can pick two to six players, and if they go more or less than the Price Pick projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So, again, we do it every single week. It's one of the uh, favorite things we do here on this podcast. And so, going to share screen. Here we go. Technology. Here's our price picks. If you're watching on YouTube, this is what the screen looks like. And here at the top, you can literally do this with any sport. We got a little WNBA action. Liberty were in action earlier this week, right? It was on at the restaurant I was at. That's the only reason I know. Uh, Soccer, (laughs) you got tennis, you got boxing, trucks. Not sure what that is, but you got it, right? Uh, We're going to stay in what we know. Let's go college football. Um, Let's go quarterbacks, passing yards, the totals. Uh, we got to start with our, you know, our, our, uh, Vol buffs, uh, Vol quest buffs, right? Shadir Sanders, 
Senator Sanders, he's going to be in action Saturday at noon against USC. Sanders, 307 and a half passing yards. Grant, are we going higher or lower than 307 and a half? Uh, higher, even though he had, what, 97 or something at Oregon uh, last week. I'm going to go higher because they're going to be playing catch-up the entire game. It is a home game. Uh, USC's defense probably uh, a little bit not as tough as a task as that Oregon defense. So playing catch-up, slinging it around higher than 307 and a half. Yeah, exposed to that whole Colorado team, as everyone in America knew would uh, against Oregon last week. Let's see how they bounce back. Uh, big uh, SEC matchup. A lot of people saying this is the SEC game of the week, whereas I think it's Tennessee, South Carolina. Uh, you got Florida and Kentucky. Let's take these two quarterbacks here. Let's go Graham Mertz. Florida uh, against Kentucky. He's, uh, his total is 195 and a half. Is Graham Mertz going to go higher or lower? I'm going to go higher just because that's not a huge number. I mean, I, I don't know. He looks pretty good against Tennessee. I, don't, I haven't seen him outside of that Tennessee game, so I, I would go higher because one ninety five and a half isn't much. Correct me if I'm wrong. This game is at Kentucky, correct? I think so, and I okay. think Kentucky. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, sounds right. We'll go with that. We're probably wrong, but we're gonna we're gonna go with that. Confidence is key. Who cares? Devin Leary, who man, I'm a high on. I was high on coming into the season. People are like, "Why are you so high on Kentucky?" And Devin, because Devin Leary was one of the top six quarterbacks in the nation two years ago, and last year. Before tearing his peck or whatever it was, I mean, he was really, really good. So far this year, it hasn't been as seamless as I thought it'd be. Um, he needs to have a big game uh, at home, we're saying, uh, to win this over Florida, 226 and a half. If Kentucky's going to win, which I'm not sure they will, he needs to throw for more. Well, what do you think, 226 and a half? Uh, got to go higher because that, that, again, is not a huge number, and I agree that if they do win that football game, he's got to be a big part of it. Uh, as, as weird as it is to, to try to credit a Kentucky quarterback, I've got Rob Lewis in my head uh, <laughs> making a bunch of Will Levis comments, but I'm going to go over, higher. One of my favorite things about doing this with Grant every single week, it's it, it, I don't know why I ask him, it's higher, 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 more. Yep. more. <laughs> I get real excited. Get me on the prices right. I'll be a great prices <laughs> right contestant. All right, last one we're going to do right here. Let's go to, uh, yeah, LSU Ole Miss. That's going to be an interesting game as well. Uh, let's go Jaden Daniels here. Jaden Daniels is at 272.5 against Ole Miss. Of course, that game is Saturday at uh, 6 o'clock Eastern time, 272.5. Will Jaden Daniels go higher or lower? I'll say lower here. Um, 272.5 is kind of, kind of a big number. I think you can win over Ole Miss, and you know, I don't even think you have to throw higher than that. I'll say lower as well, just because I got called out and getting too excited with the hires. Also, I thought Ole Miss Alabama last week was going to be a bunch of offense. It was like a six to three rugby scrum. So uh, they hurt me there. I'm going to go lower with Ole Miss involved in this one as well. Price Picks is a skill based fantasy game. Uh, Price Picks is a whole lot of fun, and it can be fun for you as well. I encourage you uh, to go to PricePicks.com. Use that promo code VQ. And you're going to get 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's pricepicks.com slash VQ at PricePix. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back into Game Quest, Tennessee, South Carolina. Tonight, 7.30 Eastern Time at Neyland Stadium, dark mode. It's one of those games where it's uh, it's easy to get up for, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, hopefully we'll have a good quarterback battle. I think Joe Milton Joe Milton needs a good game tonight. I think for Tennessee to win, it'd be great if Joe Milton goes out there and, and uh, really kind of has that game, if you will. Uh, but we know Spencer Rattler's playing at an elite level right now. Spencer Rattler on the season. Uh, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Okay, that's 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 all right. Um, 1,242 yards passing in four games. He's completing passes at 74%, averaging 310 yards through the air a game. He's been sacked 17 times in four games. So, Yikes. Grant, wh what this tells me is he is running for his life. He's playing backyard football a lot of the times, and he is being super, super accurate when doing all those things. Spencer Rattler... This is the 2020 Spencer Rattler that we all thought we'd see and the career that he was going to have. That is a very hard to stop Spencer Rattler because, like you said, you are getting pressure on him, and he's still finding a way to escape pressure, keep plays alive, keep his eyes downfield, throw it downfield, and be accurate when he is throwing it downfield. So, yeah, those numbers are uh, concerning, to say the least, because you – you're supposed to be able to change a game once you pressure a quarterback and once no. you get to him. I mean, 17 sacks is a lot of sacks for a season, let alone the first three, four games, whatever it's been. Uh, so for him to get that kind of pressure and still be that productive, uh, it's going to be a huge task for Tennessee. Tennessee fans obviously remember what he did and what he looked like last year, especially on third down. Uh, so you better get after him. You better get home. You better contain him as much as you can contain him, spy him as much as you can spy him, whatever. What have you got to do to, to disrupt that dude? Because it sounds like he's really hard to disrupt. I've read this stat out probably 15 times this week. I'm going to do it again. I mean, I, it's a good stat. Credit Rob Lewis for his scouting the opponent series back in June. <laughs> when I did my first glance, went back, got some notes from him. So teamwork uh, makes the dream work, right? Spencer Rattler, prior to the Tennessee game last year, passed for 300 yards only once in a game. He threw for two touchdowns in a game only one time. This is prior to the Tennessee game last year. Uh, the week before the Tennessee game and a loss to Florida, he failed to throw for 200 yards and failed to get his offense into the end zone. I mean, switch flipped completely, and he's been a just, just a completely different player. And, and when you throw for six touchdowns and 400-plus yards, I mean, I bet that confidence stuck with him for a while, and He's, he's, he's not showing any signs of relinquishing that right now. No, and he's, he's even got a different offensive coordinator now. Yeah. He doesn't even have the same offensive coordinator And that works yet. in his favor. Uh, that works in his favor. For sure, except it's Dow Loggins, who I watch call a lot of plays for the Chicago Bears, and it did not go well. But could it uh, get any like worse right better. now for Chicago? Uh, that's a different story. We're not going to go there because I don't want to start crying on a podcast. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he's – I don't know what it's been. I don't know what happened that night with Tennessee's defense. I don't know what happened with Spencer Rattler, if it's some kind of combination of both. But to his credit, he's taken that huge night. He parlayed it into a win at Clemson a week later. He, he's parlayed it into 
uh, a lot of success uh, early on this season, despite not having the best protection in front of him and despite not having the best help around him. He's got Xavier Leg, a really good wide receiver. He's got some good options. And apparently he's handling pressure and he's still finding ways to be productive. I don't know what it was about that night against Tennessee, but man, he's he's taking it and he's run with it. Found a sad on Pro Football Focus I want to drop here. And, um, you know, I, we, I, you know, VolQuest, we've talked about how Tennessee hasn't taken many shots down the field the first two or three games of the season, kind of taking what the defense has given them, all that type of stuff. Um, I've said maybe, I, I believe maybe the offensive line's affecting some play calling a little bit. Now that changed. They took shots down the field against UTSA. That was good to see Tennessee connected on only one of them, but they did take shots down the field. My point is, I haven't, it doesn't feel like Tennessee's taking many shots down the field, at least earlier in the season. Um, South Carolina really hasn't taken shots down the field at all. But I want to compare Joe Milton and Spencer Rattler on passes 20 yards down the field. Okay, hear me out here. Just to show you kind of the difference in, like, I think Joe Milton's playing satisfactory football right now. He can be so much better. He's not good enough to overcome some of the deficiencies around him, whereas I think five last year would. Um, he just kind of is who he is. Now, can that change tonight? We'll see. But Spencer Rattler is overcoming those deficiencies, and he is being elite right now. Look at these passes 20 yards down the field. Rattler is 9 of 15 for 380 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 60% completion. So only 15 attempts. But, boy, he's completing 60% of them, and they've gone for, for touchdowns. Pro football focus, 92.9% of that grade. That is considered an elite grade. So that's Spencer Rattler's stats right there. Let's look at Joe Milton, 20 yards down the field. Joe Milton is 7 of 27. 25, 26%. 7 of 27, 26%. 266 yards. Now, of those seven completions, three have gone for scores, so he's being efficient in that regard. Three touchdowns, one interception, and his grade is 76.4%, which is considered an above-average starter. So, again, because he's being so efficient with those completions, his grade per pro football focus, if you want to look into that, it's not horrible. But 7 of 27 is, is not a good stat. That needs to improve. Tennessee still needs to take some shots down the field. But I found this stat yesterday, and I'm just like, goodness gracious, man. I mean, Rattler... For not having any protection, for playing some backyard football, he is making the most. And, and having Xavier Leggett, I guarantee you a lot of that is from, from that wide receiver, that dude. And Tennessee's got to find uh, an answer for, for that tandem tonight. You said 380 for Rattler on nine completions? Yes. Right? Yes. So that's 42.2 yards per completion. Math. Shout out the iPhone calculator. <laughs> um, I mean, hopefully that's a lot of catch and run because if he's – if he's completing those kind of passes that deep down the field, uh, that's something special. I think I would imagine there's think, some there's some catch and runs in there. Yeah, surely. I think Joe's moving in the right direction, though. Mm -hmm. as, as weird as it sounds, I mean, the 14 of 16 in the first half against UTSA was a really good start. Obviously, he struggled uh, after that 14 of 16 to start. Um, the Chaz Nimrod deep ball, I thought it was, you know, I, I don't know if that's 100 percent on Joe, if that's on Chaz, if it's some kind of combination. I don't know. I feel like they're getting closer though. The the Deep ball he had to Dante at Florida. The deep ball he had to Brew at Florida. Uh, the fade he threw to Ramel at Florida. Um, it feels like they're, you know, the deep ball he had to Ramel Keaton against UTSA for that touchdown. It feels like they're getting closer to having that downfield success. And they're also, I mean, I was watching a Kentucky replay yesterday randomly. Uh, Why? It's, I don't know. It just kind of popped up. And 
it was like, why did nobody ever cover Jalen Hyatt? Like that boggled my mind. Like it's yeah. just, it's still hard to believe how open he got consistently and how people, there was just consistent coverage bust. So he hasn't, Joe hasn't had that to his advantage yet where it's just wide open down the field and you just got to throw it to the guy. So yeah, I think they're a, moving there, in that direction. They are going, I agree. Um, and again, people, you know, on my show this week, they're like, well, you keep saying they're so close and they're almost there, almost there. Like they need to start making those catches. I agree with you. Like I hear you. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with what you're saying, moving in the right direction. And, and there's going to be opportunities. Uh, that secondary is not good for South Carolina. There's going to be some opportunities here tonight. And I'm excited to see what happens. I have faith that the Josh Heupel offense, even with Joe Milton, a quarterback, can hit some of those long balls for sure. Um, come back, put some things in perspective, really, if we're just kind of curious. For Joe Milton, as we know, as we've seen, he's been super, super accurate with the short game. Behind the line of scrimmage, 37 to 39. Um, within 10 yards, 26 of 33. Okay. Intermediate, 10 of 24. That number needs to be a little bit better, 10 of 24. And then, of course, uh, we had the long ball. Uh, we'll wrap up the Spencer Rattler conversation here. This is what Joe Mil- excuse me. This is what Josh Heupel said about Spencer Rattler earlier this week and about the level of play that uh, he's executing right now. Uh, he's a really good player. Uh, he's played at a high level. Uh, he's played a lot of football. Uh, he's playing extremely well right now. Um, he was uh, dynamic in that football game, uh, but he has that uh, in his arsenal. And uh, you know, for us. The line of scrimmage is important, and um, we got to do a really good job. Uh, we got to get them in third and longs. Last year, we didn't get off the field in third and longs, and, and you know that some of that was coverage, some of that was uh, some of that was him extending and making some some really special plays. Uh, we got to do a great job of bottling them up and applying pressure at the same time. He's played a bunch of football. Uh, he understands coverages, sees rotations. Uh, you know, he takes himself to the right spot based on the coverage and the beaters that they have up on their schemes. Uh, he's got the ability to extend and make plays with his feet. He's accurate with the football. You got to do a great job. Um, you got to control the line of scrimmage. You got to apply pressure to him. You can't let him out of the pocket at the same time. Uh, when they when he does scramble, you got to match the, the personnel out in space. Uh, he created a bunch of big plays against us last year outside of the pocket. Um, he's a really good football player that that poses a problem. Uh, we got to do a really good job up front and on the uh, second and third levels in our in our coverage. So Spencer Rattler is uh, a really, really good player. And I think Grant's, um, we kind of spoke on this a little bit earlier. Um, I think it's, I think Tennessee's going to get pressure on him, no doubt about it. But I think it's more important that Tennessee finishes. You got to finish in the backfield and bring Spencer Rattler down. Right. I mean, you you had pressure in Graham Mertz's face, uh, you know, six inches in front of his face, and he drops a screen pass to a running back who, uh, breaks a couple tackles and scores a touchdown. So it's it's more about pressure. Uh, it's less about pressure. It's more about getting home and, and finishing that pressure and finishing it with a sack and finishing it with a quarterback hit, and finishing it with a uh, disruption on that play. Uh, pressures are great, but if you don't get home, uh, you're not getting home. It's not going to help you that much. Grant Tennessee does catch a break, if you will. There's going to be no Antoine Juice Wells in this football game. Uh, South Carolina does get back its slot receiver who missed last week in a Marion Brown but the guy that everybody is going to have to be looking out for, and we spoke on him earlier, is uh, Xavier Leggett. 27 receptions, 556 yards, three touchdowns. He's been in the program for a long time, but um, these first four games of the season, he is making his presence known. Don't, uh, don't let Xavier uh, juice wells you from last year. What do you have, like 11 catches for like 120 or something? It felt like every time you looked up, he was catching a football uh, and running wow. with it. So 
He's Xavier has done that to other teams through the first four games or whatever's been for South Carolina. Don't let him do that today. Or if you do it tonight, if you do let him do that, let him be the only one that's that's getting anything. I mean, you, if you're going to let him go off, you better shut down everybody else and, and hope you can contain Spencer Rattler because he has he has shown the numbers he's put up that that dude can go off. Dakirian Joyner is a super utility guy. He's the guy that went, the, went with the Wildcat last year and had a lot of success against Tennessee. I would not put put that past um, South Carolina do that again. <clears throat> Excuse me, because why not? You had success uh, with it last year. He's not. He, he's RB one right now. Um, that's that's where he's found a home, and it's not been good so far. They throw it to him a lot out of the backfield. He's second on the team in receptions. Um, but watch out for Dakarian Joyner. He's kind of a Tennessee killer, if you will. Why I love sports and college sports, Mario Anderson, who is the true RB1 on this team, in my opinion, 34 attempts, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Not great numbers. Dude was an All-American at Division II Newberry College. To put that in perspective, everybody listening and watching right now, your boy, Eric Kane, played against Newberry College for four years in college. So you have a guy at my skill set level, right? at my level playing in Southeastern conference football right now. And I mean, he's, he's a guy that plays a lot. I mean, he might even start on Saturday, Mario Anderson. Um, what a story, um, it was in the running for the Heisman trophy. It's called the Harlan Hill division two. Um, he was in the running for, for that last year. He's like a three time all American at the D two level. And now he's uh, playing on the grand stage in the Southeastern conference. The good thing is we don't have any field access pregame anymore. Like we used to otherwise, You'd probably be down there sizing them up. Like, I see the Newberry in this guy. I could take this guy. I ain't got nothing. you. Ain't, ain't, right. ain't nothing. I'll be, I'll be talking to Mac. So, I'll be like, go Eagles. Seeing so, up, talents up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good thing for Mario. <laughs> yeah. Good thing for him, right? Uh, Trey Knox, uh, former Arkansas wide receiver. Of course, he converted the tight end a, a little while ago. He's the tight end now with South Carolina. And, um, and then outside of those guys on offense, um, another one of my favorite things about this the story of South Carolina is your former starting quarterback who is technically your backup quarterback right now. I think if Spencer Rattler got hurt, Luke Doty would be, or Dottie, whatever the hell his name is, would be the guy that goes in. Um, but he's also a guy that's got eight receptions for you and he scored a touchdown. Um, what a story in terms of a guy that was a starting quarterback in the Southeastern Conference now playing wide receiver. The versatility. It's like uh, Florida had that punter that played quarterback two way back in the day. I'm talking like 20 years ago. Can't remember what his name was. Now, Ingle Martin. Man, can't believe I thought of that. Shout out <laughs> Ingle Martin on the podcast. If you had Ingle Martin on the bingo board, good yeah. for you. Go uh, buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, for real. Seven players have caught at least one touchdown pass from South Carolina quarterbacks this year. The offensive line, 17 sacks allowed, averaging only 3.4 yards per carry. And the offense overall, though, still almost 30 points per game because Spencer Rattler's playing well, 28 points per game, 415 yards of total offense, 340 through the air, only 75 yards on the ground. Grant, I think there's great opportunity. I think Tennessee needs to run for 150-plus, and I think they can. Mississippi State couldn't run against South Carolina last week, but Georgia did and North Carolina did in a big way. You got South Carolina's rushing stats in front of you? Yeah, I do. What are they? Make so, sure like, like in terms of rushing yards allowed? Se- no, season totals, uh, South Carolina offense rushing. Do you have those numbers in front of you? Yeah, so they average 75 yards per game. Um, Anderson's got 129 yards. Joyner's got 99 yards. Juju McDowell's got 14 yards. Spencer Rattler, seems... I be- Spencer Rattler has 168 yards. 
maybe I've just been watching Tennessee's offense too long, and I'm too accustomed to 200 yards on the ground or whatever in a game. It just, it just seems like those numbers are crazy low. Oh, and they it are. Feels like, it feels like if Tennessee can just shut down the run and, and limit Spencer Rattler defensively, you're going to have a good day. Just because those offense, like, you got to be able to run the ball a little bit on the road to, to control possessions, control the clock a little bit, control the – you know, the environment that you're in a little bit, settle everything down. If you can't do that, if you're just – if you're depending on Rattler all night, I mean, that's going to be tough in that environment. You saw what Tennessee looks like at Florida, how tough it can be on the road in this league. And then, yeah, on the flip side, Tennessee's, what, the number one rush offense in the SEC, like mm-hmm. 229 and a half a game or something on average. Um, I don't think Tennessee has to rush for 300 in this game like they did against UC- UTSA. But I think they have to rush for 200 or, or get near that average uh, of 229 and a half and be able to help control the game that way on their side of the ball and, and not put it all on Joe Milton's shoulder to win you this football game. You got to, and it's got to be Jabari Small. It's got to be Jalen Wright. It's got to be Dylan Sampson, assuming everybody's healthy because who knows who's healthy and who's not healthy with this coaching staff and, and what they say through the week. So mm-hmm. they need all those guys involved if they're available and they need to rush the ball well uh, and effectively and help control the game on the on the offensive side and stopped around the defensive side to help control the game there too. Yeah. I just think run game is check, check Tennessee. I think Tennessee can stop the run game because it's not been good. You're right. Those numbers so incredibly low. Um, you're four games in and technically, technically your starting running back who leads the team in attempts has 99 yards. So like, I yeah. mean, Dylan Sampson had 139 on 11 touches on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Against UTSA. And he didn't play two weeks ago at Florida. It's just, I don't know, yeah. Those numbers are crazy to me. So I think Tennessee can stop the run. I think Tennessee can run the football on that uh, on that South Carolina defense, a defense that has uh, created five turnovers. Um, it's got eight sacks, eighteen TFLs. Debo Williams, the linebacker, leads the team in tackles. Watch out for T.J. Sanders up front. He's got three sacks, five TFLs. You look at the secondary, and South Carolina was just horrendous against the run last year. And um, it's a little better right now through four games. But again, you look at the secondary. South Carolina said goodbye to two NFL cornerbacks. Two guys got selected in the NFL drafted cornerback. Um, so you're breaking in some new guys at cornerback. You're bringing back two, I believe they were freshmen last year at safety uh, that started in DQ Smith and um, a couple other guys that saw a lot of, of, uh, of runs. So you got some young but experienced guys at the safety position but they've also been dealing with some uh some injuries and um you know drake may didn't go off against south carolina um i think he probably could have but he didn't go off if you will because they ran the ball super well will rogers had himself a day 438 yards passing i believe just last week again there's going to be opportunities to connect deep for joe milton these receivers and this could be a big time joe game in terms of stats in my opinion because i don't think the secondary is very good yeah, I think what Joe needs uh, as much as possible is a repeat of that UTSA start. And I'm not saying an 81-yard touchdown run on the on the first snap. Got to have it. Got to have it. But touchdown, three and out, touchdown. If you can do that um, at home on a Saturday night, a 7.30 kickoff, that's huge. Uh, you, you, the worst thing that can happen is having, air, having the air taken out of your home stadium and, and having fans sitting mm-hmm. on their hands because you're starting slow. So he needs to settle in quickly. He needs to lead a touchdown drive. He needs to hope they can get a three and out or get a stop and take it down for a second touchdown drive. If you can do that, if you can start fast, it's going to be a really good night because so much hinges on this offense starting fast and not having to play from behind and not having to chase points and getting this home crowd 
it's going to be involved from the kickoff, but keeping them involved and, and having a fast start that keeps the crowd in it and keeps it, uh, an electric atmosphere. So the, more than anything, I think for Joe, and we've talked about it multiple weeks in a row, start fast yeah. uh, and get off to a good start. All right. Um, again, we, we record this before Saturday morning. So at the time of this recording, a quick little look at the injuries. Of course, we know Keenan Peely, Elijah Simmons are going to be out in this football game. <clears throat> no surprise. Excuse me. Um <clears throat> Gosh, got got a, uh, let me let me get the coffee here. It's it's early in the morning, got you. right? Don't make me um, use my radio voice. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. You saw the uh, gift from the uh, from the old father-in-law. Gotta say that's um, I, I I do like that. I do like that a lot. Um, I think Joe Milton's gonna be fine. I think he's gonna play. I think uh, Jalen Wright's gonna be fine. I think John Campbell sounds like he's gonna be okay. Sounds like Aaron Beasley's gonna be okay. Kelsey Pope said all the wide receivers at the quarterbacks club on Monday are going to be available. Um, a lot of guys were dropping like flies. And again, I think a lot of those guys could have went back in and played. Now we can get out there later tonight and just like the Danico slaughter of Florida and just, you know, not, not have somebody available and that can happen. Um, but it sounds like the majority of those guys are going to be just fine. We'll see exactly what goes on. I do think Cooper Mays, just like Austin reported on Sunday, um, I think he's been on track. I think all the indications are that he is going to play tonight, and and that would be huge for the Tennessee offense. Sounds like Tennessee's getting healthier. We'll see about the Nico Slaughter at corner. If he can go, he's a starting cornerback. And I think you'll see a lot of Gabe Judy Lawley as well with Kamal Haddon coming along. Uh, big Kamal Haddon game as well. Uh, redemption, if you will. Um, but I think Tennessee is getting healthier, and that's a good thing because there was points and times where you and I were sitting next to each other in that press box last week, and you were already starting like a story about all these injuries. And I was like, Adam, 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 another <laughs> guy went down. It was getting kind of kind of dark there for a bit. Yeah, um, it didn't look too crazy, though. I mean, John Campbell didn't have his helmet in the second half, but he was bouncing around on the sideline, talking to his teammates. He looked fine. Brew McCoy was kind of jogging around on the sideline in the first half. Looked like he could have gone back in the game if they needed him to go back in the game. Uh, obviously, Kelsey Pope saying they're all available is one thing. Seeing if they're all available, the receivers that is on uh, yeah. ag- against South Carolina is another thing. Ramel Keaton, he went down hard and, and he got knocked out. He hit his head on that turf, and from a guy that's got his head hit a couple right. of times and maybe have some effects from that. Um, <laughs> legit, like I, I, it hurt to see that. And I'm, uh, I was just and, sitting there like hoping he was okay, and and he's fine, and that, but. Yeah, that's a big deal because he's a guy that doesn't come off the field. I mean, yes. he's going to play if he's healthy every offensive snap. Now, I what, was what does AP call him? Jalen McCullough of the offense, and he makes a good point because they're both going to stay on the field every single game. I think he makes snap. more plays, but yeah, in that regard, yeah, yeah. Um, I was impressed by Caleb Webb though against UTSA. I think he looks like a good player, and I think he can help you if he has to help you if you, if you have to turn to him. So we'll see on the receivers. Yeah, Cooper Mays. It's always going to be Cooper Mays. Watch pregame. Who's he snapping to? What's he look like? Is he actually going to? Is this the week that it actually happens? So, as as much as they piled up last uh, last week, I, I don't think there was too much concern from Josh Heupel. He hasn't sounded too concerned, but we'll see how how legit that is on on game day. If you guys want to know who Cooper Mays is snapping to in pregame, dive on into the general's quarters that game thread. We're in there. We're watching. We're letting you know. Two weeks ago, it was Gaston Moore. Last week, it was Danico. Could this week be the week that in pregame, Cooper Mays is snapping to Joe Milton? Find out in the game thread on the General's Quarters pregame. All right, last thing. We put our game predictions, our uh, staff picks out there yesterday. Um, putting you on the spot at the time of this recording, maybe you don't know what you're going to do, but I'm, I'm asking you right now, what is your game prediction and a bold prediction for this football game? Uh, yeah, you are putting me on the spot. Last time I did this, I... Uh... 
I went with a score. What was it? 48 to 20 or something. Then I showed up the next day to put my game prediction in and Austin had predicted that exact score, 48 <laughs> to 20. So I had to mix it up. So I'm going to go Tennessee 47, South Carolina 30. Uh, bold prediction. Uh, let's see. Bold prediction. Tennessee runs for 232. That's bold because it's specific. That is specific, yeah. Um, wow, you're you're thinking this is going to – I mean, again, that's not a blowout, but, like, that's Tennessee winning, you know, covering. That's Tennessee winning by – I'm just trying to make – I'm just trying to make our life easier. I'm just trying now, to make our life easier. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, I will not be shocked if Tennessee loses by 20. I will not be shocked if Tennessee wins by one. Um, it's just one of those games, right? I mean, look at last year. I picked Tennessee to win by, like, 25 or whatever, and – uh, I think a lot of us did. Um, I will have Tennessee winning a close game, 35-31, I believe, or 34-31, whichever one of that football makes more sense football-wise. Um, and my bowl – get this for bowl prediction. Everybody's going to hate this, but wouldn't this be something if it happened? Okay, stay with me. Kamal Haddon's going to get a pick. Not a six, oh, but man. just a pick. He's just going to have an intercept. Oh, He's going to make a play. He's going to be in coverage. He's going to turn his head around. He's going he's gonna to catch a ball, and then will he talk shit or will he not talk shit? I don't know. Family show, sorry. Well, I don't know. We're going to have to find out. But I'm going to say my bold prediction, Kamal Haddon gets an interception. Uh, yeah, I think he might talk trash. That might be the more choice word, Eric. You've been cussing yes. up a storm on this podcast know, uh, I'm, lately. I'm we're going we're to get an uh, R rating from Apple or whatever. Do they do that? <laughs> um I, I still have visions of Kamal Haddon talking trash down 63 to 31 yeah. in Columbia because he broke up a pass or I don't know what he did. But uh, if he gets a pick at home in this game, if it's a close game like you're talking about, if it's a tight situation, I can't imagine his reaction. Uh, hopefully for Tennessee's sake, it happens on the sideline way off the field and it's not they, a penalty. They can grab him. Right. If, if that happens, uh, everybody, everybody eyes on him because it's going to be fun to watch. Bold predictions are supposed to be just that, bold. So, number one, Kamal had getting interception. That's bold. Number two, against South Carolina and not talking trash. That's even more. So, we'll see what happens. It is going to be a good one. Um, a lot of you guys listening, watching right now are going to be at Neyland Stadium. Have fun. Be safe. Um, you know, we kind of – I forgot who said it uh, as the week's gone on, but it's it, the, the phrase has been everybody's going to be liquored up, ready to roll. Um, it's it's going to be a, a great atmosphere and I can't wait. Um, it's I wish we had open air so we could hear it, but uh, we can still hear it in that press box, and we can feel it sometimes as well. I expect it to be just a, a crazy environment, and Grant, no place to follow it uh, pregame, during the game, or after the game, postgame, then at ballquest.com, right? Exactly. Feed my children. Feed my children. They're still going to bed hungry. We're four games into this. They're still going to bed hungry. Fix and you can feed Grant's children by signing up devolquest.com at 50% off an annual subscription right now. It's like 109. Let's slash that in half. You little 50% guy. Whatever that iPhone calculator says is 50% of 109. I could probably do that in my mind, but that's what you're going to get for the first year if you sign up and take advantage of this big game deal at volquest.com. Plus, we also got $1 for one month as well. So if you're listening, if you're watching, and you're not a member with us at volquest.com, Grant, you can save how much money by signing up right now? 50% of 109, whatever it is. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were looking it up. Okay, well, I sidebar. Tried, it failed. I tried, it failed. See, we're talking about that operation for Tennessee's offense. Let's hope that operation's much better on the field than it was 50, just with me and Grant right there. 
Fifty-four forty-nine. There we that. go. I like it. All right. Math, football analysis, some bad takes. You get all that at GameQuest.com. You're on the GameQuest podcast. Tennessee, South Carolina coming up tonight, 730. Stay dialed in to VolQuest.com all night long for continual coverage of Tennessee and South Carolina. <laughs>